Hello, hello, hello. This is Tamika Seaton, President and CEO of Grow Your Nonprofit, where we help startups, small and stagnant nonprofits grow through fundraising strategies, strategic planning, and so much more. Guys, today you're in for a treat. I have my special guest here, Stacy Cook. She is the CEO of Sailors Care right here in the beautiful Southwest Florida and the neighbor of Grow Your Nonprofit. Their building is actually next door. So before we get started, I'd like to thank the sponsors of my podcast, Hodges University with a campus in Fort Myers. Stay near, go far. They change lives for the better. Trinity Life Foundation Naples, help with at-risk youth through their enrichment program. AVID, that stands for the Associations of Haitians Living Abroad. They just opened an amazing support center right here in the beautiful Southwest Florida, where they help people with immigration support, utility, rental assistance, and so much more. Last but not least, Vax Truth. They just received a grant from the CDC to raise awareness of COVID-19 and vaccine resources and the black and brown communities. So guys, like I said, my special guest, guest here is Stacy Cook. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Stacy. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate that. No, I'm I'm honored. Oh, thank could, you. You could have anybody sitting right here oh, next please. to you. And so thank you. It means a lot. It really does to to me and, and the company and to all our behavioral health folks in the community. This is a big deal. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate what you do because mental health is so important. I think for a long time, that was something that was not being talked about. I think it was sort of swept under the rug, those people. But I like that mental health is at the forefront. I think this month is actually mental health That's awareness right. That's right. month. But actually, the truth is, it's all year round. Mental health Absolutely. is so important. And, and our world has has really uh, experienced so much with just get well, kind of over COVID, I guess. Um, the hurricanes, yes, um, isolation, yes. and then people being connected via social media, but not really connected, right? That's right. So that can take a toll on one's mental health. But before we get into our conversation, let's please uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into the whole nonprofit mental health sector. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, about 25 years ago. Wow. Yeah, it's a long time. My my mom was working at what was Lee Mental Health oh. back in the day. So before Salith's Care was, there was Southwest Florida Addiction Services and Lee Mental Health. Mm -hmm. So I started my career at Lee Mental Health. Oh wow! Um, my mom was a nurse, and I worked as a behavioral health technician. I was volunteering. Oh wow! In fact, she said, "If you want to use the car, you're going to drive me to work. You're going to drop me off." Oh, and then, by the way, you're going to volunteer. Oh, you're, I love your mom. Oh. She's no joke. Oh, my God. You're going to put your time in. And, and you know, for her, she wanted me to. It was her passion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I loved helping people then. So I became very immersed with the population. I was very interested in behavioral health diseases. And that's how I started my career. I worked as a behavioral health technician. Mm -hmm. I worked as a therapist, a case manager, and, and that's where it all started. And then I got very interested in managing programs in administration. So I started doing that and um, lo and behold, here we are. I have a master's degree in social work. Okay. So, you know, once I decided, I, I should say once I came to the realization that I have a calling, here it is. Yeah. 
I I went to school. The organization put me through school. We didn't wow. have the money for that. Oh. It's a perk of the company, which is great. So I got my bachelor's degree, my master's degree, and um, I've been doing it ever since. Wow. So how long have you been at Sailor's Care? I have been at Sailor's Care since the late 90s. This go around... Wow. Um, 18 years I had a break-in service for a couple of years mm -hmm. I went out to explore a little bit uh -huh. in the community that, that's good it's I good. did and yeah. then I realized I love this organization mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I love our Lee County community and so I came back to Sailor's Care in 2005 that's where I've been hanging out spending my time and uh, keeping busy taking wow. care of the community interesting now you mentioned mental health disease yes can, can we explore that a, a little bit more what does that mean and what what are some examples are of mental health diseases you know we started calling it a disease probably the last 10 years or so hmm. back in the day if you will you know could be five years ago ten years yeah. ago we refer to it as as mental illness not that people don't call it that yeah. now yeah but what's been identified through research is that it it progresses like a disease like mm. high blood pressure mm. like diabetes like heart disease and recovery is not only possible recovery is part of a mental health disease like any other disease mm. uh, some people will take medications lifelong some people will take them for a short period of time just like mm -hmm. uh, somebody with diabetes might mm -hmm. but it has a very natural progression as a disease and I think it's so important to call it a disease mm -hmm. you know how much stigma there is yes I yeah. mean we can talk about generally and then we can start looking right. at our black and brown right. brothers and sisters we can start talking about LGBT yes so <sighs> It's in the name, I guess, that mm. counts. We can start with calling it what it is, which is a disease, and help to normalize it as well. Mm. Reduce some stigma. Mm. Besides medication, are there other alternative uh, treatments for people who maybe don't want to go the medication route? Yes. yes. There are a lot of interesting treatments. One is therapy and counseling. Mm -hmm. For people who are interested, there's cognitive and behavioral therapy, which it's evidence-based. There's research behind it. There are specific techniques that have been tried and true and work mm -hmm. for depression, anxiety, other thought and mood disorders. Um, there's also things like um, eye movements, work with uh, helping an individual who is undergoing trauma move their eyes in a particular direction to help reduce stress, to help um, reduce trauma. It's called eye movement desensitization. Mm -hmm. There's some techniques um, or a machine that's called transcranial magnetic stimulation. Wow. And it sounds really invasive and kind of angry, but it's really putting some um, electrodes, not, not in anybody's brain, but just simply putting a cap on a person's head mm. And then um, there are some signals sent to brain waves in an individual's brain. And what it can do is help with treatment-resistant depression. It can help with anxiety. It can help with individuals who have tried medications and who are saying no more because there are side effects to medications mm -hmm. for some people. Mm -hmm. So there's quite a few things out there. There's uh, techniques like um, vis visualization, there are some other language processing techniques that fall under the umbrella of counseling. So for people who are saying, 
I don't want medications. I'm not interested in psychiatry. First of all, we say, let's talk about that first. Yeah. Let's take away the yeah. fear. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, yeah, there are a lot of options out there if you don't want medications. Hmm. Wow, interesting, interesting. So, so talk about the programs that you offer to the public. Do you have to have health insurance or are there free programs for people with, who are low income? Yes, we have will accept any individual regardless of their ability to pay. Okay, very good. So 50% of the people that we work with are underinsured, uninsured, or have absolutely nothing. Hmm. Um, so we get, we receive money through Department of Children and Families. Okay. And we also receive United Way funding, nice. county funding. It's It's been lovely in that way. So we can take care of people who, we know insurance, it's, it's a tough road right. to hoe when you're trying right. to use it for mm -hmm. behavioral health. Mm -hmm. So we'll work with individuals. We will bill based on family income. So we use a tool provided by the state. And depending on what the family income is, um, an individual can fall on a sliding fee scale. Mm -hmm. So, and they may pay absolutely nothing. They may pay a few dollars. They may pay a little bit more. It just depends. Folks can just, they can either walk in and see us on an outpatient basis. Mm -hmm. We have a minimum to no wait, kids and adult and outpatient, psychiatry and therapy. Mm -hmm. We also have crisis services. That's over on the Colonial campus. Okay. So that's equivalent to a psychiatric emergency department. Wow. So people who are experiencing suicidal, homicidal thoughts will come to us we're able to hold an individual under the Baker Act for up to 72 hours and we stabilize them. Mm -hmm. um, we can only keep them for a short period of time based mm -hmm. on the law until we can stabilize the homicidal, suicidal thoughts or other mm -hmm. symptoms that might be putting them at risk. Uh, another level of care that we have is residential programming for mm -hmm. adults and children. Mm -hmm. So we have people that will stay with us anywhere from a few days to a few months so we have people who have been with us for years wow. in our recovery programming. So we have, it, it's nice to be able to house people with us and have a full continuum of care. In addition, we take services into the community. We have case managers who go mm -hmm. to where our clients are, where our families are at, and we take services in the home, into school, into wherever we need to go mm -hmm. to meet folks where they're at. Wow, that's amazing. That's really amazing. So the whole premise of the, the podcast is growing your nonprofit. Obviously, okay. you started small, right? Yes, ma'am. So how have you grown the, the, the nonprofit organization over the years? What are some of the strategies uh, that you've used that could help our audience who are maybe starting up or really small? Okay. So back in 2013, Sailor's Care was two separate and distinct organizations. Southwest Florida Addiction Services, oh. they were a substance abuse focused facility mm -hmm. or organization, and Lee Mental Health was a mental health focused facility. Oh. And the two boards and the CEOs then made a decision that, wait a minute, we can serve the community better hmm. by coming together reallocating resources, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. having um, essentially a bigger footprint in the community when it comes to advocating for funding, applying for grants, taking advantage of workforce, and generally being more 
competitive because this is a competitive environment. Yes. And when I say competitive, I want to be careful. We're not out there hungry, yeah. hungry hippos with clients, yeah. right? We're not doing that, but we want to be sure we're staffed up, resourced up so people don't leave us because mm -hmm. we don't want to disrupt care. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I would say in my own humble experience is look for those opportunities to one, how can you expand the current resource base that you have potentially to reallocate the resources that you do have I should back up and say inventory them because I think what we what we do or what I've done is you'd not if you're not regularly inventorying what you have as far as assets, resources, capital you're behind the you're behind the eight ball. Hmm. So I think doing that on a regular and consistent basis and making sure that if there are partnerships that you could be taking advantage of in the community hmm. to expand your resource base, to expand your continuum, I think partnerships and relationships for me mm -hmm. are, are huge and have been beneficial, especially when you're talking about serving our community. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the relationships, you're not gonna touch who we need to touch. Right. And, and I think for, for one, women, leaders, and particularly I'll speak to, in my own opinion, to white leaders in this community, if you're in a not-for-profit world, you need to be sure that you're in the communities, all of them, mm -hmm. that need our services and partnering with people in communities that are underserved, that may be historically marginalized and mm -hmm. being sure that you're getting resources in those mm -hmm. into those community and partnering mm -hmm. to expand that in that way as well. Because I think there's, there's a lot of work that we mm -hmm. need to do in the community that's not being done. And I think through relationships and partnerships and being in the right place yeah. is is really important mm -hmm. to me and, and what I've been doing and what, what my company does. Mm -hmm. We need to do a better job. Yeah, at it, I will tell I, you. I really like that because when I was um, when I was in the nonprofit world, I was a senior fundraiser at the Shelter for Abused Women and Children okay. in Naples, and then I went on to be executive director of two um, nonprofits. And we were recipients of United Way funds, mm -hmm. and they were big into collaborations, and um, they didn't like duplication of services. So that that's what I heard yes. from you when you mentioned the two boards sort of got got together, and and that's that's huge because boards can have big eagles, right? Yes. And everyone thinks that their nonprofit is the best nonprofits, but stepping, getting out of your own way and doing what's best for the community, I I think that's huge. Me as a consultant, I actually talk more people out of starting nonprofits than starting them because they don't understand what they're really starting as a, as a small business. And the first thing I ask is, is someone else doing what you're already doing? Is it a duplication of services? Can you partner with that other organization? And of course, no one wants to hear that. But I, I, I genuinely am here to help organizations succeed. So I, I think that's very important. I like what you said about partnership, Look, doing what's best for the community, getting out there and networking and seeing how you could do an even better job. Another thing I like what you said was inventory. And it made me think of Walmart. 
Okay. And it made me think of retail because I was in retail before. We're always doing inventory. Okay. And I think that's very important, not even just the retail sector for the nonprofit yes. world to do yes. inventory of everything. Is that once a year you do the inventory? We, you know what we, typically we would do it once a year and, and we would have, which we, we just exited this week, we have budget season. Mm -hmm. and you know, we do, it's, it's a crunch week and we're going through every one of our service lines and making decisions and we do that inventory, but we started doing it every month. Really? Yes, ma'am. That's ma smart. We have every month budget meetings, and every month with the leadership, and so we take the opportunity to to look at. Let's talk about what we've got in front of us. Mm. What do we need? What's benefiting us? What isn't working anymore? Because we're a, we're a. I mean, we feel like a big company because we have six different locations, and so what was happening is. Stuff at the Colonial Campus, right. which is three miles away, right. is happening. And over here at the Evans Campus, we didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. And so three miles could be 1,500. Yeah. yeah. So we decided, wait a minute. We need to be talking more mm -hmm. often and particularly about inventorying. What do we have? What do we need? What are we holding on to that, that isn't serving us? And so we've... And it, you know, it's a work in progress. We're constantly reminding ourselves, wait, let's back up. Let's not forget about this. We might have done it last month, but mm -hmm. we need to keep at it. What does that look like? Is that at a monthly staff meeting where each leadership team, they give a report as to what's going on in their department or how do they do? Yeah, they do. We have uh, the chief financial officers in the room and all the uh, other officers from the administrative team, myself, our chief of operation and the directors attend and as well as their supervisors. And what we'll do is we'll look at each line item in the budget and talk about Ooh. what does revenue look like because we receive state funding there's certain things that yeah. we need to do on a monthly basis to keep up with uh, billable services and so on so we'll look at the number of services provided we'll make sure that we're getting credit for those billable mm -hmm. services mm -hmm. and if not the leadership is speaking to okay here's what I think happened this month here's where we need to go back and do a little more ex exploration because we're not capturing time Ew. or we're missing a particular piece of the community so it's a great time to check in about how operations are going the financial management of those programs and those leaders are incredibly responsible they're looking at expenses and saying here's what you're budgeted here's what you actually did this mm. month and if you are over or you're under they have to report a variance analysis wow. and the why behind it. Wow, I like that. And, and I like that everyone's held accountable for yes. their area and that gives them buy-in and feel they're re responsible and that their voice is being heard. So I think that's really important. So bef I told you the time goes by so fast. Don't tell me. Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. So <laughs> oh, wow. before we wrap up, can you give some advice, whatever advice you feel in your heart to a nonprofit who's struggling to grow. They can't seem to get their board together. They're struggling with funding and really getting out there in the community. What piece of advice can you give them? Okay. The first thing I would say is it's not all about you. Oh, uh, uh, that's huge. It, isn't it? Because you think as the, as the leader or any level of leadership in the company, I think a lot of us take 
very personal responsibility. We put our heart, we put our soul and our minds into it. And it's important to step away and, and look from the outside, kind of a third person perspective. So you can step away from that emotional connection. It's not that you need to disconnect from what you're feeling, but if you're taking things personally, you really have to step away and look from the outside. The other thing that's been really important for me is I don't have all the answers and I have got to be comfortable admitting that and being fully transparent in that regard. I, I lean on my team. It's all of us. It's, it's not me. Mm -hmm. I may be the person out there more than others and I may have to take responsibility in a different way. But this company, and I think most, in my opinion, you have got to nourish your team. Mm -hmm. You have to love. I say this out loud to my team. You got to love them. You have to care for them. You need to water and trim mm. and care for that relationship with your leadership team and with your employees. You've got to share a common purpose, mm -hmm. a common mission built on collaboration and cooperation and constant feedback. That's been, and, and I'm not an expert. I, I don't mean to put it up. That's something I'm working on all the time. Right. We've been focusing on the five C's of accountability yeah. and getting deep into that and um, really working hard to be sure I'm open to what this dynamic company needs from me, what the community needs from me and my team. And I say build relationships. When in doubt, get from within and then outside externally, let people know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Let them know what you need. Be transparent. Be fully transparent and make the ask even when it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That was wonderful. I have one more question and yes. that's it because this conversation is so juicy. It's lonely at the top. How do you keep your mental health healthy? Okay. I carve out time for myself to be outside in nature. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of healing and sort of putting together, I defrag outside, mm -hmm. I really do. And so, and when I'm outside, I'm taking off my shoes and I'm putting my feet mm -hmm. in the grass. Oh. I'm the woman at the park who's laid out. <laughs> I'm laying You're one in with the, the earth. Yeah, I got to yeah. ground. Um, mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time with, I love my family very much. They're very important to me. I find a lot of strength from them, mm -hmm. a lot of love, and they also put me in my place. So remember, yeah, you do an important thing, the community needs you, but we need you, yeah. and you need you. So yeah. they help me to stay grounded. I do a lot of reading, I like to work out, and um, I try my hardest to take good care of myself. Sometimes I need reminders and my team is like, um, why don't you take a mental health day? That's very good. That's very good. Stacy. we could talk all day. This has been so wonderful. I feel like I've, I've already known you for like a long time. I know. Same. Yeah, you're so cool. So thank you so much for com coming out to the Grow thank Your Nonprofit you. Podcast.
Guys, you heard it here first. Another amazing nonprofit right here in the beautiful Southwest Florida, making a difference in our community. Most importantly, mental health. We all have minds, we all have brains, and we have to take care of it just like we work out. We want our physical appearance to be healthy. We need to also check that mental appearance on the inside because that's even more important. Mm -hmm. So, guys, um, how would, I'm so sorry, Stacy, how could someone reach you and what is your website for more information? Yes, you can reach us at area code 239-275-3222. You can also, and you could text, you can text and oh, we'll get back to you. Very good. The other thing you can do is go to www.saluscarefloridda.org. You can reach us there. We'll chat with you. You can fill paperwork online. Come and see us, adults and kids. We don't have a wait. That's a joy to us. That's awesome. So we're happy to serve the community. We're ready. You heard it here, guys. Stay tuned for more Grow Your Nonprofit podcast. Thank you.